Hello, welcome to Dark Materials. I'm Faye, hi. And I'm Rachel, hello. This is usually a podcast where we're reading through and discussing Philip Pullman's His Dark Materials novels, A Chapter at a Time, spoiler free. But in these special bonus episodes, we are talking about the His Dark Materials TV series on BBC and HBO. Beware, these episodes are not spoiler free and will contain spoilers for the original HGM trilogy. So if you haven't read them all, pop back when you're all caught up. This week we are discussing Season 3, Episode 7, The Clouded Mountain. Penultimate episode! Penultimate episode. And here we are amongst all of the shit that is happening. Oh my god. This episode, in the best possible way, is such a shitstorm. Mm-hmm. But like, it's literally like Metatron, Metatron is raining down a shitstorm on everyone. Like, it's not that the episode is, is, is shit. No. It's great. Yeah. But it's so chaotic it really is like i said last episode i'm really although i know next episode is going to break me i'm Mm -hmm. looking forward to the chilledness of it because these last two episodes have been like really as a watcher they're like amazing and incredible and the pace is great and you're just like oh my god what's happening as someone that's trying to take notes on it it's very difficult it's an absolute nightmare my notes are the most chaotic notes and so full of typos because and i'm so on edge yeah, I had to like rewind so many times. So many times, especially when there was like a choice quote and there are a few choice quotes mm-hmm. this episode. But like, yeah, so much rewinding and then like retyping and then being like, nope, I missed that. I'm going to have to watch it again. Even though like I know what happens, I've watched it before, just like normal watching. Yeah. But, whew, yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. An intense episode. It is. So how do you want to go about it? We talked about it a little bit before we hit record, but I told you, I told you how I've like separated my shit. Uh, mm-hmm. but I mean does that work for you Rich? Sure yes I will pipe up with any additional things that cool. I don't fit into your categories and I'm sure we'll be fine. Okay I'm gonna tell I'm just gonna read the categories for everyone so I have Asriel Camp yes and then because there's a lot of overlap isn't there and mm-hmm. then I have Lyra and Will mm-hmm. and then I have Seraphina and the Demons Mm-hmm. And then I have Metatron slash Asriel slash Coulter. Masriel. Mas- Masritron. Mas- <laughs> Amazing. Masritron. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> so who do you want to start with is the question. Um, oh man, it's going to be so difficult to like go through this episode because there's so much overlapping. Mm-hmm. But perhaps we follow the Asriel Coulter storyline all the way through and then come back to see how Will and Lyra weave in throughout yeah um with their demons because that's quite okay. yeah should we start with like asriel camp then and we can like weave in the other asriel camp characters as we go i guess but with a focus on asriel and Coulter. Yeah. which makes sense because that is yeah. where we open in the pre-credits scene yeah so cold open it is like a avenger style war meeting <laughs> question yes are they flamingos <laughs> At the start. Oh, the birds. I don't yeah. know, but I like them. We spotted them in like the first or second episode, I think, when we very yeah. first see the camp. And I'm like, oh, I like that they just put some pink birds in there. Yeah. Sure. Mm. And the like cloud coming in is terrifying. Mm-hmm. Very mm-hmm. scary. It's very cool, though. Mm. Really cool. And also a question about a gunway. Did he bring his kids with him? Or did he go back for a cuddle? Oh. 
think he brought them with him, Yeah, because right? I guess we see them again at the end, don't we? Yeah. And they're all in the same. when Mary meets the girls in A Gunway's World and has a little drink and a little oh, chat with yes. them, they say they're the only ones that stayed behind. So I think yes. the entire rest of the camp moved into Fort Asriel, yeah. the Republic, mm-hmm. you know, yeah. I love the witches hanging in the air. I love that vibe. Um, yes. It's really cool. Yeah. I like the, on the panning shots where you can see how they are all just literally just like static dots. Yeah. When it pans around, it's very cool. Mm-hmm. And we get we get so many like Asriel speeches and stuff this episode, but obviously we start with him and Coulter in that like, I, I guess. like So the quote that I wrote down was, this is when he's like talking to like Halter and Zephania and everybody else. The success of our entire rebellion seem seemingly hinges on the survival of our daughter. And I just wanted to say that even though I'm going to call Azrael out this episode for being a bad dad, because he still is a bad dad, mm-hmm. I think that the writers and everyone involved did a really good job of his turn because it's believable. And even as us, like two of like Azrael's biggest haters, yeah, it seems. <laughs> It's it's believable, and that could have easily clunked. We could have easily been like, "What the fuck, Azrael?" Like last episode, yeah. you were like, "But even like, obviously, we mentioned last episode that they were like sowing the seeds for it." Yeah, I especially think in this first little speech bit, the one that I just referred to as being like the Avengers pre-game. Like, it feels mm-hmm. like an Ocean's Eleven. We're gonna lay out the plan. It's the battle plan mm-hmm. speech, basically. He at least appears to give a shit about Lyra, like tactically if not emotionally yeah like he now understands that like his war his goals his whatever are pinned around her and that he and that she is the main character and Mm -hmm. he has to adjust accordingly Mm -hmm. it doesn't feel like he's like we need to protect my daughter because she's my daughter and i love her it's still because for some reason prophecies are real fine yeah Yeah, exactly exactly. (laughs) you know Yeah. yeah yeah One of my notes is, Daddy is prepared for Metatron, don't you worry. <laughs> just that, oh, whole, he's prepared. that whole fucking speech is just him being like, I'm prepared. Also, the sheer physical force line when he's like walking over to Coulter. <laughs> fucking hell. Like the eyebrows. Like, okay. He's so proud of himself. <laughs> he's so proud of himself. Yeah, it's the smuggest thing. Mm-hmm. Um, the when he's like the only thing I've ever been certain of is that I was born to change the world, but that destiny belongs to someone else, and it's mm-hmm. like oh, all right. Uh, but at least he is admitting that the destiny belongs to someone else. But you know where all his smugness comes from when he says mm-hmm. like his main belief for his entire life was that he was destined to change the world. It's yeah, like ultimate being the protagonist but even just like the sexualness of him walking over to Coulter and being like oh, yeah. sheer physical force like yeah like okay. we are the envy of angels because yeah. we have flesh the amount of times they say flesh <laughs> in this episode yeah. <laughs> so much flesh oh, God. <laughs> yes i do also really like the end of that um quote that you just said which is i've given that girl nothing but now at least i can buy her time mm-hmm. i enjoy that um yeah we have Zephania and Coulter, which is interesting. Yeah. yeah. I love that Coulter's attitude is just so, we're doomed, right? Mm. Like, yeah. 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 Mm-hmm. And it starts with that. She walks in and she's like, so we're doomed, right? Mm-hmm. And then it ends with the conversation and she's like, right, so we're doomed. Yeah. It's like, great. I love that. I love it so much. Yeah. <laughs> I love the line of your love for Lyra is your salvation and your downfall, as so we've learned. Good. 
at the yes. at the end of this episode. And we all, what's this? She has some choice lines in this because mm. the other two that I picked out were the one that's you have an extraordinary power to suppress the best of yourself. Mm-hmm. We know this about Coulter. We love this. Like it's such an interesting character trait for Coulter. Yeah. And then the part where Coulter realizes that she's going to be the one to have to go and fight Metatron mm-hmm. is where. Zephania says, a mortal who has not confronted their own darkness is as helpless as a child before him. And Colt is like, well, Asriel is no match for him then. Because we know that Asriel is in denial about how shit of a person he is. And Coulter is not. She Mm -hmm. knows how shit she is. And I love that that's her strength. It's so great. And I can't wait to talk about that whole Asriel, Colt and Metatron stuff. Because it's actually really fucking funny when you think about how they've like... Pit, like layered them against each other but we'll get to that um mm-hmm. so <laughs> i have in my notes obviously ooh the big speech when asriel's like yeah right and also ooh, big speech ooh, the big speech also like he's holding that fucking mic like he's in a hardcore band i'm like all right every time i die and then when he screams like wait oh <laughs> oh my god what would Asriel's band be called I think we've had this discussion before mm. about book Asriel but TV series Asriel I think his band has a different vibe yeah what would his band he's singing but... about how he was like brought up fighting and like mm. came up from the muck or something but actually it, it, he's got like the fanciest guitar that his daddy bought for him when he for was sure. three you know yes. like that vibe for like, sure wants I... to be hardcore but isn't mm. <laughs> It's got to be something with rebellion in the title for the band, I think. Mm, mm-hmm. um, but I'm not sure what the rest of it would be. Mm. <laughs> we can, we can we'll find it. it. Yeah, we'll find yes. it. <laughs> I mean, I have a band name written down later on, but that's for Coulter. So Amazing. You Amazing. <laughs> so we have the whole, like, people will die, but thanks to my daughter, we no longer fear that fear. And I'm like, yeah, yeah, yeah. We get it. We get it. You, mm-hmm. You're coming around. You're coming around. We're getting lots of, like, essence of the show lines from him here mm, and this is the mm-hmm. thing like i will say a lot of my notes in this are like fuck you Ezreal. i hate listening to your speech but like to be fair though he is quite a good public speaker and i do he feel is. quite riled up for this fight like yeah. i am feeling like a swell in my chest of like pride in being a human um and there's a line that's like one of the nicest like epitomes of the show like embrace everything mm-hmm. but it feels like a really queer line to me just because mm. why not and it's that our lives are beautiful and precious and that we should be allowed to experience all they have to offer without the fear of retribution. Mm-hmm. It's like, yes, yeah. stop punishing people for experiencing the joys of life. And they are amazing. Yeah, yes, absolutely. Yeah. I remember when we first watched this episode, and I think I remember saying it in the Discord, that um, as I was so disappointed in myself, like during some episodes of the show for being like, actually like, kind of on board with what Azriel's saying I was like yes yes I feel it Azriel and I'm like oh fuck's sake not me as well yeah this is the thing though he is fighting Mm -hmm. the good fight like he is on the well yeah he is on the right side of history kind of in this like he's a Mm -hmm. shitty person but he's fighting for the thing that will is ultimately good and truth Mm -hmm. and experience and curiosity and he's on the side of all things good it's just he's a shit person when he's going about doing it and that's what's so hard yeah um yeah when he when the like battle starts and when he i struggle i don't know about you but i am not this is why i'm not a massive fan of action films because i struggle to follow fast-paced action and i find i usually find it to be honest, quite boring, like normal action films where there's like a bunch of fighting and stuff. So I do kind of struggle with this 
vibe. But I don't think they did a bad job. I just I just struggled to concentrate on action scenes like this. Mm. So when Asriel's in the intention craft, aka midlife crisis mobile, mm-hmm. and he just fucks off, and then he's like, oh. What, when he gets to have his little scream and shoot? <laughs> Literally. So angels appear on his side, and then on the other side, there's like gold th- figures. Are they also angels? And that was that just like a nice little look? The angels on our side are silver, and the angels on the bad side are gold. So yeah, you can see when they're it's fighting. Like Metatron's angels are like gold and red, and mm. our angels are silver and blue. So we can have this lovely visual. And I will say. I also have a tendency to somewhat check out during a fight scene if it gets overly long or Mm -hmm. like a big old action sequence. And they did a really nice job in this of like the personal threads that run through it. The character threads that run through it are really strong. And the moments that they needed to establish that were like, this is like an epic vignette. This is an epic thing to help you understand the scale of it. This is an epic thing to help you understand, for example the swarm of fireflies that is the angels of mm-hmm. Metatron's side is a much, much bigger swarm of fireflies mm-hmm. than Asriel's swarm of fireflies. So, yeah. And like that was a nice visual of like just getting really simply and effectively getting the idea across. Yeah. Um. So that even if you do kind of check out during scenes like that, you know what's going on. Mm-hmm. Yeah, As sure. much as you need to. Um, yeah. Yeah. It was nice that like that they kind of went above and underneath uh, yeah. Like the Asriel side of things, so they were like completely like enveloped. Yeah, 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 that was cool. Also, it was only at the end of this episode that I realised that the entire fight technically happens in the daytime, oh, and it's yeah. just the clouds of yeah. the clouded mountain are so thick and ominous that they make they suddenly make it like an mm-hmm. evening slash nighttime battle vibe, even though it is daytime. Because when they're defeated it all clears up and it gets nice and bright and i was like oh yeah that it wasn't a really really long battle that took all night it was just really dark and cloudy for a while (laughs) yeah yeah totally yeah so if we're staying in asriel's camp and we're jumping ahead a little bit when we get zephania and colter colter again and zephania's Mm -hmm. like you're needed and she calls specters demon eaters which is a great band name oh that is a great band name Mm mm-hmm I'm going to add yeah. that to the list, that's yes. for sure. I used to, I used so to make a better list of the band names that we... Because uh, <laughs> I'm I'm trying to make a band name t-shirt for podcast yes. merch. And Demon yeah. Eaters is a great one. What kind of band would Demon Eaters be? I'm getting... It, it, I don't know if it's because I just mentioned hardcore bands earlier, but it just gives me a hardcore band vibe. What do I think they would sound like? Either that or like bubble grunge (laughs) like spotify keeps trying to be like hey you you like bubble grunge it's like yes i do i do love ladies that shout loudly over Mm -hmm. guitars and i feel like maybe that would be quite a good name for them because also i think the aesthetic would be really cute like if you had like a really cutesy aesthetic and then you were called demon ears that would be really fun (laughs) yes i prefer let's go with that i prefer that (laughs) we get the spectres again first time we've seen them this season very we haven't seen them fly like this before, like in packs, I guess. And mm. it's given Dementor more than it was in season two. So much Dementor. Mm-hmm. Be- I think it's the way they're flying. Mm-hmm. The, yeah, the shape of them, the like floaty robes. Yeah. The, like ominousness. The fact that it's so cloudy and dark as well. Mm-hmm. And like, because other times when we've seen them, it's been in Chittagatze, which is basically like a really beautiful, like Italian, Spanish vibe. And it's been quite light. 
I'd yeah. say the Dementors have felt like a real juxtaposition, whereas like now it's like, ooh, it's cloudy, it's dark, there's Dementors. Are we playing Quidditch? I don't know. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> it's, it's Spectres. I love how a lot of it is interspersed with we're getting a lot of the main characters and what what, mm. what their through arcs are, but we are getting like the occasional shot of like what's going on with like just the regular soldiers. Yeah. Which I do like. And that's where we first see the Dementors coming in. That's where we head to. The and Dementors. all of a sudden... <laughs> girl. I can't know. When we first see the Spectres coming in, it cuts to, like, on the ground with the regular soldiers. And they feel the vibes. And yeah. they feel like, oh, something's going to happen. And all of a sudden it feels a little bit like you're in a Predator movie. Kind it's of. very... Like yeah. they're being hunted. Absolutely. And the, the like, shot of the... It's very horror film-esque. Mm, like the shot mm-hmm. of them creeping in and they know that like, also Spectres hide apparently because it like creeps in and like hides behind something for a little while. Cool. Yeah, I guess because we had this discussion a little bit with mm. Russell, which is, as we know, this is quite different from the books, how the Spectres emerge and how they're fought. And we had this conversation with Russell. So that interview is either out or it's coming out soon. So it should be it out by now, out hopefully. More. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> The way that uh, he described it is that, you know, we've established that Coulter has control over them, etc. And, like, the way that the Spectres are introduced mm-hmm. is really different from the books. But it's really interesting. And I kind of like how they're functioning very, very differently to how we saw them function in season two. Yeah. Where when we spoke with Russell about them, he said it was kind of like an anemone or something that's just, like, floating or, like, a cobweb that's caught and it's, like, activated by something that comes near it and then exactly. it pounces and gets faster. Yes. Whereas this is like, there is a line in one of Metatron's mind speechy mm-hmm. things that happens throughout the et- episode that is to do with like sending the spectres, sending in the demon eaters. And I think Zephania says like he's turning everything against us. So they have yeah. been weaponized. So I'm okay, I think, with them mm. moving differently and acting differently and having more purpose to their movement because they have been utilized and weaponized by metatron to yeah fight so i'm like okay fine we can change yeah. how they move <laughs> no that's fair that is a really valid point also i think i mean correct me if i'm wrong because my memory is absolutely dog shit first and only jump scare of the entire series as a whole i genuinely did a jump and then i was like oh <laughs> oh if i did a little jump scare frighten like i wonder if the kids are okay <laughs> it's only 7 p.m on a saturday <laughs> Yeah, and also like, <laughs> yeah, the brutality of, I know we mentioned this in season two, but the brutality of the Spectre attacks, I think, so we haven't seen one in a while, or maybe they upped their game a little bit with it, but very fucking brutal this time around. Mm. Yeah, really, it like, rapid and like intense. Yeah. Really yeah. well done, though, really like, makes for it, and it really ups the like, ups the ante for them when like, Coulter comes and stands out on the balcony i don't know yeah, well, it must be yeah. the, the the aircraft landing dock yeah. or whatever and like kind of like half meditates and then like does her like epic like when she's come like to come me. to me <laughs> <laughs> yeah <laughs> which must have been a really hard line to deliver mm. in a way that feels like serious but not cheesy yeah for and sure. i think she did a good job because it's a it's just like it's it's a necessary line. It's a good line. It's a very silly line. Yeah, <laughs> she did. A, she did a good job with it. <laughs> she did, and we know that Russell directed that scene as well with Coulter yes. and the Spectres. So she defeats the Spectres. They just she goes, mm, and they all just like disappear. 
can't remember how how that works in the books. I don't know if that happens in the books. How do we feel about that? Because I remember when we first watched it, me and you were just like, oh, she just killed them all, did she? She got rid of them. Cool. Yeah. Okay. I think when we first watched it, I'd kind of forgotten how much more strongly it was established that Coulter has an influence over the Spectres mm. in the TV series as it mm-hmm. is compared to in the books. In the books, it's kind of mentioned and then forgotten about. Mm-hmm. We get that she's able to send a Spectre to attack a witch's demon in the second book, but we don't see much more of her relationship to the Spectres. Whereas in this series, we've very much got the Spectres and Coulter being linked much more strongly. So it does yeah. make sense to have her being able to do more. Being able to destroy them is interesting because I... I think in the books there's something more of a strong link between the spectres and the windows mm, than there oh, is in, yeah. this, in this. Yes. And so I think yes. there's a reason in the books that Coulter couldn't just destroy some spectres if she wanted to, whereas mm. in this series it, it, it kind of makes sense. I'm okay mm. with it. It works. Yeah. It's epic. Yeah. She needed some epic moments, you know. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> that was her version of Asriel, like, you know. Yeah. Yeah, it's like that was Rich's Im- Wars moment. Yeah, that was Rich's impression of Azrael in the midlife crisis mobile. I wish you could have seen it. Yeah, he just got to be like a real, real big kid there, didn't he? And just like shoot and scream. He wanted yeah. to. He did it. Fine. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Hers was cooler. Mm-hmm. Oh, for sure, hundred percent. So we get Metatron doing a Voldemort drink getting like speaking into like the soldiers mm. ears like getting them to like kneel fucking you know that i hate that getting to kneel and stuff and like polluting their brains to even so we get it at the end which i think i missed in the first time we watched it yeah they're like shouting at people to like pray and shit yeah when lyra and will kind of clock it yeah. and they're like oh i don't feel safe here i had not clocked that in the first yeah. watch through and so it's a really nice um yeah, it's a really nice thing to kind of re-notice on a second mm-hmm. watch through. Yeah, for sure. Also, I guess my last point on Asriel Camp before we it gets all murky and we go everywhere <laughs> is uh, at the end, like a Gunway's reunion with his daughters is really lovely. He proper smashes that out of the park. It's so nice. Yeah, it's so nice. I love how that's like intercut with... Um, Will and Lyra's like really random scene, yeah. <laughs> at the end, but like a good way, like holds that together, and I appreciate that for him. Mm-hmm. And it's just really nice to see someone being a really good dad. Absolutely, hundred <laughs> percent. Yes. So, what do you want? I mean, do you have anything else to say about Asriel's camp? And what do you want to talk about next? Is the question the two questions that I have for you? There's some very good questions. <laughs> There's so much going on in this episode. It's so hard to like. Um, thread them together um yeah should we talk about metatron asriel and Coulter? i guess that's a segue and then we can talk about lyra and will and the demons and seraphina and their yeah thread. yeah yeah that makes sense okay so before we get into properly into the metatron stuff when we but way back when we went to that press screening jane did we'd not seen the episode at this point but jane did have a few words to say about this episode and the Metatron Asriel Coulter abyss thing. So we can play that now. Weirdly, one of the sequences that was most difficult was also partly emotional. So the Asriel and Mrs Coulter and Metatron in the Kingdom of Heaven was just really, really difficult. Um, And it wasn't difficult because it was 
um, a really, really super complicated piece of construction. I mean, I'd say, um, you know, the land of the dead was very, very difficult physically mm. for everyone to be in, or Lee Scoresby's balloon was a complicated yeah. thing to, you know, get to fly and, you know, all that kind of stuff. But it was the fact that the because we always do grounded family fantasy, we always built sets. So the actors had, you know, from at least a part of of their their world was real. And then you would extend with VFX or whatever it was going to be. Um, but in the Kingdom of Heaven, it was entirely VFX. It was literally just the actors doing their thing with, you know, a white kind of flooring, which we would later change in various ways in green screen. And for that, we had... Um, James uh, in doing his thing in in one studio and Ruth doing her thing in another studio and a Metatron idea moving between the two and it was it was the end and we had to get it right and it's just really difficult to do it when you know you're going to be building out the kingdom of heaven in post and how we did that and those actors I will just never forget um, really their kind of magnificence of what they did and the whole for your readers who know the whole falling into the abyss and how that feels and how do you capture how the actors feel how the characters feel when they're falling into the abyss and that was the last shot that we did with Ruth and James was their fall into the abyss and that was it and then it was a wrap we literally finished on those final moments so I mean I did ugly blub there's no doubt about that I ugly blubbed on Ruth Wilson I wish I could have beauty blubbed on her but it wasn't it was an ugly blub um, and um, but it was physically really difficult it almost in its super simplicity oh, okay. thanks Jane thanks a great Great bit of intel. <laughs> yes. We're back. We're back. So this whole thing, and we'll talk about it in more detail. I absolutely fucking love the contrast between Mrs. Coulter and Azriel in this whole thing. Mrs. Coulter, she's calm, collected. She walks into the clouded mountain herself. She assesses the situation. She realizes how strong how strong Metatron is and that he can read her like a fucking book. So she does her her talent of suppressing herself she does it perfectly mm-hmm. Asriel shows up a- Asriel flies into the clouded mountain with his fucking midlife crisis reveal makes the biggest scene and then gets the absolute shit kicked out of him I love it so much <laughs> it's such a perfect illustration of their different approaches to things mm-hmm. um I love that Coulter has this really subtle because like it's the moment that Coulter kind of there's just something so beautifully subtle about the way that Coulter gets invited to the clouded mountain. Yeah. She half hears the manipulative thoughts that Metatron mm-hmm. is sending to the soldiers before they turn on each other. And mm-hmm. you just get that filtering through in the background as Coulter is like chilling in the air hangar bay area or whatever. Yeah. And then she has this beautiful moment where she's kind of like, go on then, let us in. And the little glitter glitter bridge extends to her. Mm-hmm. And she has this gorgeous moment with the monkey before yes. she goes in, oh, where she, the they've clearly like agreed that he's going to pull the trigger that she agreed to pull. While Azriel was like, "I'm going to go fight him, and you pull the trigger, babes." <laughs> and then Coulter was like, "Okay." So once the moment she realised that Azriel was not strong enough to beat Metatron, when she had that conversation with Zephyr, she was like, "Okay, I guess I'm going to have to get 
LMP to do this for me. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And then, yeah, the way she just gets invited in and strolls in. And oh, I love it. I love it. I love it. And she's just like, show yourself to me. It's so good. Mm. I will say Metatron is giving, you're going to hate this, but when he first appears and it's all bright and you just see him in his big angel form, he's giving big moth energy. Mm, yeah with it with the big like slightly like tattered looking feathery like dark wings i love how everything in the clouded mountain is bright and about light and he's just this like shadow form Mm -hmm. and it's very dark i feel Mm -hmm. like we might have to i might have to wreck on this when i when we actually get to the section of the book because i've forgotten but i feel like in the book metatron's a beefcake amazing i can't remember all so he's just like a vain beefcake man and colter tries to like seduce him seduce him because right. he's like i could be so wrong about this it might be a really flawed memory but so i really love the like cho- the, yeah the choice of like how metatron looks and like how he's yeah. just a bit more of like a bond villain vibe yeah i guess like it makes bro. sense <laughs> yeah te- oh my god that's so funny i guess it does make sense for that to have happened in the book because they do play on that a tiny bit in the first instance where he's like mm-hmm. I see why the men all want you she does try and turn it on with him and he's like no and then I like that because then she has to I would have hated if they'd have gone down that route it just would have felt icky yeah I was gonna say I love the shot of him like turning into a human form it's a really beautiful shot I love the contrast of their makeup mm-hmm. like he's got like a really kind of almost like grayy like gravelly like vibe to his face mrs coulter is i guess the light is shining on but she's so her face is so bright in these moments with him and i really like that it looks really good Mm -hmm. also when she has a thing with the monkey and then she walks across the like little glitter path thing they play the mrs coulter theme and we haven't heard that in a while like i don't know like when the last time we heard it was it might have been when I'm either thinking either when she was keeping Lyra or when she goes into the magisterium in her like the in the purple dress because I'm I, I love the way that they've used the music because it's her like villain music because if you remember when we spoke to Lorn he was saying that he wanted it to be like Darth Vader vibes mm. so I love how they're using it very sparingly and they're using it in this instance because she's having to bring that side of herself out again. But we haven't seen that side of herself really this season. And if they used it in the Magisterium, it's the same reason. And I, it's just great. It's a great use of music. It's really great. Yeah, definitely. No, I love it. And yeah, I love uh, what you were saying about how she initially approaches Metatron with the like, fine, I'll have to dial up the seduction, I guess. Mm-hmm. And then that gets shut down. And so it is entirely about her special skill her hiding the best of herself her like manipulating the conversation and it's so well done because there are moments in that where you genuinely think oh wait no is he getting the best of her yeah has has she got a handle on this when she breaks down and cries and he kind of sees it in her that Mm -hmm. it's her daughter that she's trying to protect and you're like fuck no she's let lyra go like she's like she's let him see lyra somehow like fuck Mm -hmm. and then you she, when she turns on the waterworks and cry and like you're just like oh oh but is i can't i can't tell i can't tell how genuine she's saying mm-hmm. things that are genuinely true and i believe them but also she's saying them because she knows they'll work it's so well done i think it's because she, that yeah that it's written so well and it's played so well because she 
obviously does a really good job of like suppressing herself especially towards the end but in that moment when she like breaks in front of him i guess like she is saying things that are true like but she's hiding the other part of her so she's hiding the part of her which is like she loves lyra and she wants to be with lyra and she's talking about the part of her where she's like i love her but she'll only ever see me in this way and i love her but i hate that i do the things that will bring metatron closer to her i guess and Mm -hmm. it's done really well also well actually first we get a really famous line from the books which i love which is you are a cesspit of moral filth that's the band name oh yeah cesspit of moral filth yeah just like perfect (laughs) that is um weirdly even before i read the books i'd heard that somewhere Mm. i don't know where um i didn't know it's from his dark materials um and then yeah when i got to it i was like oh yeah i've heard that line before mm-hmm. it's a great mm-hmm. insult mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and then the other note that just made me laugh is kind of similar to what we said about the asriel and Colter situation where Colter's just like really calmly says to metatron i wanted to meet you and asriel's like i'm here <laughs> oh man the way he just crashes in he's like fuck where's my leopard mm. like <laughs> yeah. he just isn't prepared And I love it. And I love that he then has to fight himself. And I just, yeah, I love that she gets invited in, like, basically gets, I'm sure, what Metatron's equivalent of, like, wined and dined is. Mm -hmm. Like, she gets shown the big space. Ooh, big space. Ooh, the big space. (laughs) It's like, ooh, look, look look at these pillars that are kind of, and again, listen to our interviews because we speak to Joel Collins and to Russell Russell Dodgson and we talk about how hard it was to design the Clouded Mountain. And when you're looking at that space and how like nothing quite feels right Mm -hmm. architecturally, but it also feels timeless, Mm is really cool. And so, yeah, just like like, that big vaulted hall, but that's not actually vaulted with anything is really cool. Mm -hmm. Just, yeah, ooh, the big space. And then the way that, yeah, the walls can like appear and disappear when Asriel's fighting himself apparently oh my god which so, i love <laughs> i had a note and it was just like i wonder what people would think if you were just an, a, a normal viewer of, of your television on a sunday evening and you weren't watching his dark materials but you were flicking through the channels and you put on bbc one and you just saw james mcavoy fighting himself with no other like context no context <laughs> yeah. out of context dark materials must be really weird yes um, oh god 100 percent Especially because this particular scene, the thing about the Clouded Mountain being such a stark space and how it is all just one colour, it's James McAvoy fighting himself in a white box Mm -hmm. with no particular context clues as to what the fuck is happening other than he's fighting himself. So if this was the only scene you saw from the series, I don't know what you would think it was about. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. I love um, that even Metatron calls out Asriel when he's like the arrogance of man I'm like absolutely yes absolutely yeah. I, d- I hate to agree with Metatron you know but also when he's like he says it'll make Colter an angel I- I'm like mm, why not yeah I mean I'd she rather- could agree oh, yeah, she and would. actually I think that the amount of highlighter they'd have to put on her to make her shiny enough to be an angel also do you have to be you don't have to be bald to be an angel but no because Metatron isn't bald but mm. that seems like high up angel privilege because all the other angels we've met have been bald that's true so do we think that he would make marissa shave her head if she was an angel i don't know i love (laughs) do we think being an angel would make her hair fall out i don't know (laughs) i love just sitting just sitting down and shaving her head like that scene from just like look you gotta pay your dues (laughs) yeah honestly so yes right 
I had to rewind this bit twice. So Asriel's been battered, and then Metatron is like, oh, he's like shouting for Marissa, and Metatron's like, ha ha, she don't even fucking want you, blah blah blah. Does he say he loves her? Does Asriel say he loves Coulter, or does Metatron? Yeah. Oh. No, does Asriel say he loves Coulter? He's like laid on the floor. And I can't quite. He's saying something. He's been. He said something like "never, never," and then he says something like "I love her," and I can't tell if he says that or not. I do love that, like the thing, because Azriel, his whole fight scene is amazing. But it is basically like Marissa's having an intelligent conversation, and Azriel's just punching, um, and it really shows like the arrogance and his whole like why don't you come down here and prove me wrong and then he's like ha I will but you have to face yourself and then he has to fight himself great I love it I could watch Azriel beat himself up all day um but the way that that scene turns in the moment when Metatron thinks he has Marissa he thinks he has Coulter and he says to Azriel like she's giving you up and she's like, show him to me. I want to. I want him to see what I've done. And like the whole thing of her turning on him, and you can see in his face because he, he might love her, he might be obsessed with her, but he doesn't quite trust her. And I think he genuinely, again, James McAvoy does a great job of showing it. Is like the like he thinks that he has been betrayed, and she does such a good job of like walking up to basically probably come and give him a little kick, a little step on his throat. Um, <laughs> Because the way that she's... The moment her face changes and she goes from, like, full cry face to, like, fuck you face in between those moments is beautiful. And, yeah, the way the way that she's just, like, right up till that moment when you see in Metatron's face that he has sensed... Because that's a fun thing that they've brought in that I can't remember if it's in the books or not, that he's sensed that the knife has been used. And then he's like, oh, shit, I think I know that you've been playing me, but it's too late because they've, like, jumped at him in slow motion and it's beautiful. <laughs> yeah. Well, I guess the thing that triggers them going for him is the monkey pulling the lever because without that, without the entire clouded mountain crumbling, they wouldn't have been able to tackle mm-hmm. him into the abyss anyway. What I love just a little bit before that is the line we were talking, kind of briefly talking about it, the line that we get from Azrael, which is, she would never betray me. And then the next line from Coulter being, I can give you Azrael it's yes. so great it's so great honestly i'm stuck on this thing about whether he says i love her i'm sure he fucking does i had to rewind it like three times but please people let us know what you think because did you try it with subtitles on oh no i didn't see i need to get better at remembering it now I that we're do. on the penultimate episode of the series i need to get better at remembering to watch with subtitles on <laughs> right do you know what i'm not being funny i don't want to keep us any longer than we have to be here but my remote so i'm just gonna look <laughs> do it do it do it do it <laughs> Um, so yeah the scuffle between the three of them is really well done and I love I love that the two demons get a very important part in the end so the monkey pulls the lever and then Stell is the one that ends up pushing them into the abyss mm-hmm. and also yeah, it's really pretty the slow motion Stell was just ugh. like oh she's so pretty she's so pretty and the slow motion Stell disappearing into dust is horrendous it's so heartbreaking yeah again listen to that Russ interview because he talks all about how they filmed that fall and how mm. it was absolutely terrifying but just the fact that that is the one shot they got and that it was perfect oh. I'm so happy for them like that yeah. bit is so beautiful it's so well done that fall it's so good and I totally agree with what Russ said if you haven't listened to the interview he said that 
we didn't want them to fall in like real time because it would have just felt strange and i totally agree with that the slow motion is just perfect yeah yeah it's it's perfect it's really pretty i'm not gonna talk about the bit that makes me want to cry until we're talking about will and lyra Mm -hmm. um because i'm not ready yet Mm -hmm. and yeah but just yeah yeah just really well done i love that colt is getting to wear a pretty great outfit while yeah. she's falling forever, forever for all eternity yeah <laughs> just um yeah bye bye Azriel and Coulter yeah I'd say R.I.P. but actually not I guess because they're well, just falling the, forever I guess they never will that's the yeah. thing and that's what's so there's like moments throughout this where um Coulter and Azriel make eye contact and you can see it and they do a really good job of communicating mm-hmm. the fact that they know that they're not making an ordinary sacrifice or like Azriel thinks that he's not making an ordinary sacrifice because I don't think he clocks that Colt is going to go to for a little while. Yeah. Because he's talking about how Lyra's saved everyone from death mm-hmm. and that death isn't death really and if you do die for this cause at least you're not going to go to this horrible prison camp purgatory space forever because it's just a journey. Death is now a journey back into life and I love that Yeah. Quote. And yes. um, but you can see it in Azriel's face that he knows that what he's volunteering himself for is not that it is a purgatory situation. It is yeah. a forever falling, never finding peace, never returning back to life, or like back to the universe. Rich, stop it! I'm sorry. <laughs> I'm just saying. <laughs> I was fine. No, I'm not. Okay. I know, but it's it's nice. It's a bit of fucking humanity for Azriel mm, to like see true. that he knows that he's making a bigger sacrifice than I think he thought he'd signed up for. Yeah, true. Yeah, that's very true. Okay, before we start to talk about anything else, I'm going to find, I'm going to find this. We need to know, did he say? I love that. Such a good shout with the subtitles, by the way, because I wouldn't have thought, weirdly, I wouldn't have thought of that. Five minutes later. I checked on BBC iPlayer with the subtitles and Asriel does indeed say, I love her. The line of like, you love her still, if only you knew what disdain she holds for you. Oh, mm-hmm. Perfect. Mm-hmm. Just like, again, he's been taken down a lot of pegs, but also the fact that he still loves her. Yeah. They still love each other. At least they mm-hmm. get to fall forever together. That's true. That is it true. It makes Metatron quite the third wheel. But... <laughs> it does. <laughs> Do you Just think they could like, bin him off at any point? <laughs> Just like, elbow him out of it at any point. <laughs> Do you reckon it's like that Sandra Bullock film? Is it, is it Gravity, where she's just like floating through space forever? Do you reckon it's like that, but just always falling? But like yeah. they can kind of s- swim towards each other oh. in the air. <laughs> probably oh. It's probably not that whimsical. No. <laughs> yeah, I wonder what it is like. I bet there's just like, their demons have disappeared. I imagine it's just, they don't even know who they are or where they are, I guess, forever. Oh, yeah. oh you just made it sad again. I'm but... sorry. <laughs> sorry. <laughs> Thanks so much. Sorry. Oh, man. Okay. Well, speaking of happy things, <laughs> Woo, let's get back a... to Lyra and Will, shall we? Yay. Such a fucking great happy episode. I guess let's quickly talk about Seraphina and the Demons because then that will lead into, like, I guess Lyra and Will's, like, through line. Mm-hmm. So, Seraphina goes to find the Demons and we see Pan. For first time in ages, little poor baby. And he's red panda pants. He's red panda. Oh, and he's Can doing get... so many little sniffs. It's because it's cold out there under that rock with yeah. that cat that he's made friends with. 
Oh, that cat. This cat? Who the dr- is this the cat? dreaded cat that Russell... Mm-hmm. <laughs> Russell dreads a cat. And mm-hmm. I understand why. Doing cats is really hard because they're such a familiar creature. Yeah. And there is something ever so slightly uncanny about her, I will yeah. say, that, like, doesn't clunk. It's not mm-hmm. badly done, but it's not... I kind of wish she was, like, a different kind of cat, maybe? I don't know. It's difficult, isn't it? Like, I am actually glad Russ said that about making will's demon because we'd kind of already said it when we first watched it we were just a bit like oh, okay i can see why it would be really difficult to um make a cat but there is something t- a tiny bit off about it but it is probably like you said and like russ said it's because we just know the cat's faces so well that we can just immediately tell if something's a bit off yeah especially like a really classic like tabby cat which is what will's demon is she's just a i think she's a pretty pretty classic house cat vibe just like me yeah but yeah and i think that's really a really hard thing to do and especially because that first bit we see of her is just her face peeking out of the shadows and we Mm -hmm. have to have some expression there so all of a sudden the face is doing more than maybe it should i don't know but I'm really glad we get to see her. I think she mm-hmm. is a very pretty cat, but mm-hmm. I, something's a little bit off about her for me. But it's just really nice that Will has a demon. And when when they meet each other, finally, oh. and she's like, Will, you're like, oh. it, Will's, <laughs> like, Amir's face in that moment is so lovely. Oh, yeah. God. Also, Serafina, we love to see Serafina doing a spell. We yes. do not love to see Serafina flying because there was some awkward flying going on there and it's not just Serafina it's just the wit- that how they have all the witches fly it still doesn't sit quite right with me yeah it's like would it be better if they were on brooms I don't mm. know or not brooms on cloud pine branches yeah. I don't know but it does it's, it does still make me giggle every time yeah I get like why they didn't put them on cloud pine branches because that would hark too much back to like the witches of like folklore and stuff but yeah there's i don't know how it's funny because i'm saying that but i don't know how you would do it with do you know what i mean i'm like oh it does look a bit strange but i'm like how else would you do it yeah hard to say mm. hard to say um the yeah the i love i love that seraphina finds them i love that she is the like calming presence i love her little war bird head yes. dress she's like i'm just gonna put this bird skull on my head because it's wartime um <laughs> And I need to look as scary as possible. Yeah. And then I don't know if it's sinister or not the fact that her demon is a bird, that she tells the demons oh. to turn into birds, and that she is also wearing the skull of a dead bird <laughs> on her head. <laughs> she just fucking loves birds, all right. I just love birds. I mean, fair birds are great. Mm. They are. <laughs> but yes, they are. it is. You know, we we had a lot of conversations about when Pan and Lyra separated. And about how it was such a formative event and that like that could almost be the catalyst for him settling. Mm-hmm. And it's so nice that he's he's not settled and that Will's demon hasn't settled yet. And we know that they're they can still turn into birds to fly through. Mm-hmm. And we still get to see Red Panda Pan and not just Pine Martin Pan. And it's nice. Yeah. And that like is true. That. That's true. I'd not thought about that actually. Um so Lyra and Will. Mm-hmm. I really like the first shot we get of them, of them sat watching all the ghosts walk through the window. Yeah. It's really lovely. And I also really enjoy Lyra just saying, like, I really want to go there because it smells nice. <laughs> yeah, it just it looks really nice there. The it fact that nice. when Will's like, you could go there if you want. I can do the rest of the hard stuff for you. And like, they're like... His, the ultimate simp. 
the, the ultimate simp yes his immediate thing to just like make her life easier and mm-hmm. want to protect her in that way of like you literally like you've done enough like yeah. i can do the next bit is so sweet and like the fact that lyra finds it funny and is like you don't understand you're such a silly boy like yeah i kind of love that it's one of the like it's a it's a real glimpse into the next episode of like that uh what they've built together mm-hmm. and what they've like forged between the two of them and the fact that they can still have kind of like a bit of a joke in a yeah. way that's a little bit flirty it's nice yeah like yeah it. for sure for sure I love it when they, uh, you know, they cut through, they go into Asriel's world, they meet a gunway, and Lyra's like classic Lyra, where he's like, do not use that knife. And she's like, uh, it can do what it wants, actually. I love that so much. Do when a gunway's like, they're like, because mm, they definitely don't trust him. And he's just mm. like, you can trust me. And then and they're, they're like, like oh, okay, okay yeah, sure. Yeah. Great, fine. <laughs> cool. But like, absolutely fair because a gunway gives off immaculate Mm. vibes it does give off immaculate vibes so like i would be like yeah sure actually you know what i will trust you based off the back of you saying oh you can trust me yeah (laughs) Yeah, and also i think the only person in that universe that i would allow to pop a shush at me because he pops a shush on lyra a little bit later on (laughs) when she's like asks if asriel sent him he's like um but this is a really interesting nice bit that i'm glad the writers put in we obviously know in the books that lyra never finds out that her parents are eternally falling aka they're dead they're not coming back Mm -hmm. we get a moment with the monkey which we'll talk about but we also get a moment here where it's not lyra finding out that asriel's dead but we do get a nice moment where a gunway tells her that asriel's proud of her and she's like uh no he fucking in and he's like well i heard him say it to like hundreds of people and it's just really nice for her to hear that before she never sees him again yeah daphne's face acting oh so good so good when she's like why would he do that yeah that line of just like i don't know why he would do that Mm -hmm. it's perfect and her Mm -hmm. face acting is perfect for that moment i loved it yeah especially because when asriel cracks out that line in front of his crowd i kind of hate how he says he's doing his big ooh big speech and he says my daughter Mm -hmm. before he says as before he says lyra Mm -hmm. and i kind of hate that he puts a claim on her when he's announcing that she is the linchpin of this entire plan and that she is so important because she's not your daughter. You lost the right to be her dad when you were a shit dad. She has mm-hmm. better dads than you. She is just Lyra. She is, you could just say Lyra Silvertongue yeah. and it would be more impactful for me and it would show like less of an arrogance from Asriel for me. Mm-hmm. Um, the fact that he lays claim on her being his daughter when he's doing his big speech is the thing that sours it for me a little bit. And so, yeah. yeah, the fact that a good like, he said how proud he was of you. I'm like, yeah, he was showing off. Yeah, I can, you can kind of feel that from Lyra when she's like, I don't know why I'd say that. I don't know why yeah. I'd do that. And it doesn't change her mind about him. And I love that. Mm-hmm. I love for that sure. she's not flattered. Like, yes. Yeah, for sure. We get some cliff gas action, which I can take or leave. I understand why it's there. I mean, even Russ said that it was to add. Was it Russ that said it was to add some like peril for the kids for the kids yeah. because we're just getting them from one place to another at this point and there's got to be something happening also you've already built those assets you've built those cg yeah. assets last season yeah. use them yeah exactly <laughs> otherwise we never see a cliff gas past season one and it's like okay <laughs> yes yeah. they happened exactly so oh my the monkey oh my. brian how dare you brian how dare you how dare you russ 
with the VFX on that fucking monkey's face, I swear to God, I've never seen a creature more sad than that monkey Honestly. in that moment. Well, so this is the thing. So we have Lyra again seeing Pan before yes. the monkey disappears and True. they have another little heartbreaking moment where Pan's like, you left me and like just truly like oh so you did come how could you bear it leaving me behind like pan is still bitter and still giving yep. us some heartbreaking lines mm-hmm. and the way that things escalate and all of a sudden the kids can't go through the window at the same time as their demons and they have to just get the demons to safety yeah and then c- follow them later feels so rushed and then that means that lyra has that and then the monkey rushing through mm-hmm. lyra has that golden monkey moment alone without pan as well yeah and it's like ah. yeah and will's face when he realizes yeah. yeah and we know from brian that daphne really wanted her and the monkey to touch yeah but they didn't let it happen um it happen. oh the this the like the vfx for that scene especially the close-up on their hands is so nice like yeah. they all like this they're like teeny millimeters away from touching and then his hand turns to Smoking so his little face. Good. His little Can fucking face. I, I know we've only got one episode left and we won't get to talk about him in it, but I'm going to formally request that specifically for TV show Monkey, LMP stands for Little Monkey Prince instead of <laughs> Little Monkey Prick. <laughs> because he is a sweet prince at the end of this he is oh my god yes that's so cute i love it little monkey prince he is a little monkey prince he is book monkey is still a little monkey prick but tv monkey i think he's earned little monkey prince yeah for sure oh i'm not crying about this monkey it's fine it's all good so oh god daphne's you mentioned Daphne's acting, but her acting in the moment when she realizes that her mum has died, you can just see everything on her face. Like the way that she wipes the tears away so quickly, you can tell that she's like, why the fuck am I crying about this? Because I fucking hate her. But then obviously she's devastated because it's her fucking mum. Like, oh, the the layers of that are just like amazing. She does such a fucking good job. The therapy. The, oh, therapy, the therapy that these kids can yeah. need. <laughs> Truly. Honestly. Truly. It's like, it's too much. It's mm-hmm. too much. And you can tell, like, that's exactly what Daphne's face gives you. So, like, mm-hmm. congratulations. Ugh. Yeah. And then it's just kind of over. And everything over, yeah. just brightens up and you mm-hmm. realise that it's been daytime this whole time. And everyone's just kind of like, oh. And then it's kind of like, oh, I guess I guess Asriel won. And they're just kind mm-hmm. of wandering through the camp. And this is where we get some lovely shots of, like, generally people tidying up i guess uh, yeah. and then a good way being reunited with mm-hmm. his daughters really reinforcing what it is that lyra's lost here oh yeah <laughs> yeah just yeah. just this is this is how parents look and this is what she's mm-hmm. definitely lost um and then we get will and lyra coming across this weird champagne colored gelatinous cube it's this bit is so funny like in the most throwaway moment of all time it's so funny because i guess it's the point but also like the way that the books are written and also the way that the TV show was done, obviously we spoke to a lot of people that we've interviewed so far about this, is this is not the main point at all. It's just not. So it's like when when it's there and they like cut into it, I don't just like, you're just a bit like, why? And like, this is not obviously not the TV show's fault because this is very similar in the books, but you're just like, why do I care about this like withering little shit that apparently just like it's exposed to air so he dies is that is that is that the thing yeah like it's literally there's like barely anything left holding his atoms together and so yeah 
that's what the, the weird cube is to protect him and yeah i honestly think yeah. that if people that haven't read the books i mean obviously get in touch but i would assume that that is the biggest what the fuck moment of the season because it's not yeah. really explained or if it is it's quite throwaway that the authority we know he's got a regent but we don't actually know the authorities in that cube and then it's never really because Lyra and Will don't really know who it is, so it's never really mentioned that it is the authority. Yeah, they're just as confused as we are. Yeah, yeah. So it's a very <laughs> strange moment, but I get why it would it had to happen because you would have loads of book readers going like, "Well, they're supposed to kill the authority. What the fuck?" Yeah, and I love that they kind of do it by accident without knowing what they're doing. I love that they don't know what the fuck is going on, and that Lyra just turns to Will and just goes, "Can we? Can we go now?" Yeah. Like, I think just go actually. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> also, in the book, doesn't Will stop him? I can't remember. I, I think don't it's just think... that they let him die. I thought it was right, just okay. there was barely anything holding I thought together. it was a bit more brutal than that, but I might be wrong. Um, but it is funny. Like, I, I just, just cool. <laughs> Bye then. Yeah. A just weird little little man turns to dust and then we go home. Because what is the Malefa world, which is clearly where we cut through to with that lovely yeah. wide shot of where Will and Lyra cut through to. Mm -hmm. what, what is the Malefa world if not home? Mm -hmm. And I love it. For sure. <laughs> also, you just ended it on a really nice note, but I will take it as back to... Please do. ...a not so great point, which is... Make me cry again. <laughs> no, I'm not. I'm, not. I'm, I'm probably going to make you laugh because the, the authority in that box is given... Voldemort in the fetal position. Uh, Voldemort at the train station. Absolutely. Yeah. 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 Very much so. Dink. And yeah, I think it is it a classic trope? Is it like a thing that we've seen very often in other media where it's like the thing that is supposed to be all powerful is actually at its core reduced to being like something weak and kind of pathetic? Yeah. It's like the wizard, isn't it? In the Wizard of Oz. Yeah. I think. That's. I think that's probably. I think that's where that originated. Yeah. That whole like, uh, like behind the curtain vibe. Yeah. The mm -hmm. emperor has no clothes. Oh boy. Uh, yeah. yeah. Do you have any? Is there anything in your notes that you missed and you want to talk about? Oh, you know what? Every episode, I make a note about it. I'm sure we discussed it in the very first episode, but now it's the penultimate episode. I just want to reiterate the fact that. This is one of the only TV series where I will never, ever, ever skip the opening credits. Yeah. Because they are so beautiful. They are. And I love how they've added stuff for every season. I'm sure mm -hmm. we probably mentioned, like, the new things in the credits in the very first episode. Yeah, we did, but I've yeah. just been enjoying it with every episode. And I just want to reiterate that I'm never going to not love these credits. And that next episode, I'm going to have a little cry. Yes, for sure. So I'm just mentioning them again so that I've mentioned how much I love mm. the bloody opening credits and how pretty they are. They are. And I will say that I am looking forward because I will do a watch along of this season with our patrons at some point. Mm -hmm. But after that, and after we're done doing like our coverage of it, I'm and this will probably be a little while because obviously we have to watch the episodes a number of times. But I'm actually looking forward to just watching the all the three seasons, like just by myself, like, you know, just as like a little rewatch vibe after we've finished our coverage. I think that'll be really nice to watch the, all three of them uh, back to back. Yeah, definitely. And they really do feel that like they, they have a very 
not binge watchable, but like a really, oh, what's, your, what's the thing we're watching at the moment vibe? Yeah. Of like, when, now mm-hmm. that they're all out and you're like, oh, what am I watching with my partner on like a, on a random mm-hmm. weeknight? Let's yeah. put another episode of His Dark Materials on. Let's do that again. And it's really yeah, nice sure. to pick it back up again because it is such a lovely story. Start to finish. Don't talk about it ending. <laughs> I don't want to do the last episode. No. Why is this happening? <laughs> I'm really upset that I have to edit the last episode. <laughs> <laughs> yeah oh god it sucks yeah. to be you <laughs> it does so yeah next next episode is the botanic garden and we all know what's going to happen there and we're all not ready for it so should we do like i'm not ready for it but then mm. should we do like another another episode at the very end that's just like a general season three <laughs> season three round I mean, off because i'm not ready work. to stop talking about <laughs> yeah, it yeah. just do it or just do just start again from season one just oh yeah 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 yeah. Yeah. Okay. yeah um i guess so we should mention that we've mentioned a million times across these episodes the interviews that we've done so far um they are being released as we speak i guess like we are putting them up early for our patrons as well so we're doing well when we can get them up there it's usually around a week ish earlier than everybody else gets them so that's over at patreon.com forward slash hdm pod but they are all starting to come out now so enjoy them because we enjoyed doing them and there's so many amazing like facts and little like trivia bits and stuff that uh we were and like just behind the scenes goss that we were just like this is amazing just how they did a lot of the stuff that's in this season it's phenomenal so yeah it's been one of my favorite things to do i mean i love editing and mixing and listening to all of our episodes when we like check them and stuff anyway but the interviews have been so much fun because i kind of forget i have Mm -hmm. i have the brain of a sieve um and I forget stuff that's been said and I forget like the vibes that we've had with people when we've interviewed them. So then listening back again and rehearing the stories when we like check the episodes and edit the episodes, it's just been so nice. It's made me want to cry every time. We need to find more excuses to talk to people even when we finished. That's what I have to say. Absolutely. Oh my God. I don't want to be. Uh, I'm not ready. (laughs) I'm not bloody ready for it. I'm not ready for it to be the penultimate episode. Mm Mm-mm. I'm just going to refuse to read the exit credits. Yeah, just stay here. <laughs> just stay here forever. Yeah. You don't need to, like, leave or anything, do you? <laughs> no, I've not got any plans. It's all good. <laughs> Thanks so much for listening to this episode of Her Dark Materials. You can find us on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook at HDMPod. And you can email us at her.materialspod at gmail.com. You can also visit our website at hdmpod.co.uk. If you want to support us, you can become a patron at patreon.com forward slash hdmpod. We also have a shop where you can buy merch featuring all original artwork from Rich. You can find it at hdmpod.co.uk forward slash shop. I'm Faye, and when I'm not falling into the abyss with Mastrotron, you can find me talking about Paramore on my other podcast, Still Into You. You can listen wherever you get your podcasts and find us on Twitter and Instagram at Still Into You Pod. Hi, Rachel. When I'm not slowly turning into dust and crying my fucking eyes out, I'm making cute and magical arty things. You can find me on Instagram at RachMakes, on Twitter and TikTok at Rach underscore makes, and over on my online shop, RachMakes.co.uk. Huge thanks, as always, to Johnny Knott for his musical stylings. And we'll see you in a week's time. And don't forget, keep telling stories. And all will be well. Thank you.
Bye. Will we see you next week? We're not sure we're going to be able to do it. So. We might just never do the last episode and then yeah. it will never be over. Exactly. <laughs> yeah.